Welcome to Woman's Zone, connecting women through their stories. At the age of just 31, Afrikaans poet Ingrid Jonker took her own life, tragically, in 1965. But well over 50 years later, her poetry is still remembered and continues to inspire. Specifically, it was an inspiration to singer-songwriter Nikki Schroer, who, over a number of years, has composed a work called Escape, the Ingrid Jonker Suite. In it, she set translations of Ingrid's poems by André Brink and Anki Kroch to music. It was due to, and may still be, performed at the String Quartet Biennale in Amsterdam in February 2022. Well... Only COVID can determine if this will still happen, but Nikki, now based in Canada, was in South Africa recently. I'm Nancy Richards, and I asked her, why Ingrid Jonker? Why this piece? So, Nancy, I always say to people, nothing makes you feel more South African or have a stronger sense of national identity than when you are not in your country. You're in your home. And I had been in New York for nearly five years. I'd moved there to do graduate studies, lingered a bit longer, and then had moved to England, London, which is where I was born. Uh, It ended up just being for a year. In hindsight, I was probably winding my way back to South Africa. But when I was in London... I really felt a sense of being South African, whether it was because I'd been away from home for a while or because I was sort of reunited with quite a large expat community there and friends and family friends, friends of my parents. And I, for some reason, just wanted a project. I, I write a lot of my own music and lyrics, but sometimes I think the tank runs empty and you look for inspiration, whether it's a piece of fine art, whether it's a movie or whether it's a book or whether it's an anthology to kickstart an idea and to give you a sense of what you should write next. And I remembered studying Ingrid's poems in Afrikaans when I was at high school. They often came up and we would dive into them. And I thought, oh, let me revisit some of Ingrid Jonker's works because I remembered them being wonderful and I remembered I had a wonderful Afrikaans teacher at high school who really led us through those poems so beautifully. And... I asked my mum to mail me an anthology called Black Butterflies, which basically comprises the English translations of Ingrid's poems, translated by Andre Brink and Anki Kroch. So it came in the post, and I went, I started reading it. There's a phenomenal forward in that book that Andre wrote, which is both beautifully written and very moving, but also fascinating in telling you more about Ingrid. And sure, it's from his perspective, but I do, although others may disagree with me, consider Andre probably quite a fair sort of stock taker of. Ingrid's on Ingrid's life and so I started diving into the anthology and sort of leafing through the pages and some of the poems have a very obvious rhythm which that rhyming pattern really lends them to song because it's quite easy to set those sorts of rhythms and poems to music and so I just picked some and Because I was in England, and anyway, I think my aesthetic, musical aesthetic, was leaning that way, there's something folky about that rhythm. And therefore, the music that can accompany those words that, when you set them to music, 
it, it kind of can be a bit like a folk song. And I just that's just how I started doing it. And the more I sort of kept rereading um, excerpts of the foreword that Andre had written, I went and watched the Dutch film Black Butterflies with Carice van Houten as Ingrid Jonker and sort of just started immersing myself in more of the history of her life. And I think because of the tragedy of her life as well, there was also slight, uh, there was a morbid fascination and curiosity and I liked living in I liked living in that world and I just wrote more and more and more and eventually there were 45 minutes worth of a selection of the poems set to music uh, which I'd written on the sort of the piano there were just chords and melody and obviously her words and then I came back to move back to South Africa and started arranging them for string quartet because I felt that Ingrid's Life was very cinematic, and I was aware that her poems had not been set yet to music in a cinematic context. I knew that Chris Chameleon had done his album of setting her poems to music, and he sings them in Afrikaans. It's his first language, so it makes sense. And I also knew, I think, around about the same time I came back, there was a compilation album that her daughter, Simone Yonka, had helmed, where she had invited lots of different South African artists to pick poems. They could sing them in English or Afrikaans, but that was a much sort of, there was much more variety in that. And I just thought, but nobody's taking her poems and thinking of the music in terms of score, film soundtrack, and trying to match those two worlds. Gosh, that's quite a layered story, and I can see how it sort of grew and grew. Do you want the long answer? (laughs) No. I just want to track back a little bit. For those who perhaps don't know so much about Ingrid Jonker, she is an iconic poet here in South Africa. As you say, tragic. And do you want to just give us a little bit of a snapshot of Ingrid? Yes, I'll try and do it accurately. She's often referred to as the Sylvia Plath of South Africa, so that might help some people get a sort of starting point. And I suppose the, the link there would be depression? Depression, um, a sort of... Um, how, how would I describe it? It would be depression. It would also be how she met her demise, because she committed suicide by swimming off into the oceans in Sea Point and drowning. Um... She also had children, as Sylvia did. Uh, And I think part of the tragedy with Ingrid is that she had many lovers and love affairs, famously with many of her fellow writers, Andre Brink, Jack Cope, and never really, I guess, yeah, was always sort of, I guess, looking for that support. And it was just the timing was always off. She and Andre were together. He was married. He was living in Grahamstown. He wasn't in Cape Town. And she had Simone, obviously. Um, But there's also, there's also a lot, her life, I feel, was racked with guilt. I think there's a, a song in there about abortion and the repercussions of that mentally and physically for her, certainly, but for any woman. And she also had a a really horrible father who was pro-apartheid when Ingrid definitely wasn't. She was part of um, the Sestachers, who were, you know, famously anti-apartheid poets and writers. And um, he was awful. He, there was a story, it might have been depicted in the movie, the Black Butterflies movie, but when her first anthology was published and he just, you know, sort of 
said something along the lines of, I hope no one ever reads this, I hope no one ever sees. Horrible man. Horrible. So all of that was really destructive. And she, her battle with depression was also possibly genetically inherited. I think her mother also struggled. And, of course, that was a time when people really didn't know that much about mental health. So, so not being completely au fait with her poetry, certainly not in Afrikaans, um, one has the sense that it might be quite sad, quite maudlin, quite, quite reflective, unhappy poetry. A strange kind of thing for you to take and turn into something beautiful and joyful. Well, I, well I'll tell you, the, uh, you're absolutely right. There are poems that chronicle obviously times in her life or uh, incidents that happened that where she was either bereft of love or of, of parental love but her because she was always writing there are also poems that will reflect times when she was happily in love first love first lust um poems that are about nature and not necessarily about emotion or emotional well-being or emotional distress so it does run the gamut and that's actually something that appealed to me about her poetry is that it's the the subjects are really universal and that's something that I focused on going forward because I have a very different life to Ingrid and I have very different experiences and I'm growing up in a very different time. Um, so being aware of that, this suite of music isn't meant to be like a musical biopic. It's supposed to be a way for audiences to access her work, but for audiences to see their own lives reflected in her work and the variety of subjects that she covers, from love to lust to heartbreak to everything else in between. It's not... You certainly won't be the first person to set poems to music, oh, no. but, um, but at the same time, this has been quite a... It's been quite a journey because you are a singer-songwriter yourself, you're now a composer, um, but you've got, you've got the poems and then you've got a string quartet to work with. As things unfolded, and all this began five years ago, at least five at years least. ago, so this has been a long journey, how did you go about constructing it up from those sort of early days when you were putting together little riffs with the rhyming pieces... How did it then develop? Did, I'm wondering if you sort of maybe workshopped with with the quartet. How did it work? That's a great question. So I I am a composer. I am a songwriter, as you mentioned. I never studied composition or classical composition. I was a jazz major um, at university, both in undergraduate and graduate schools. I arranged for string quartet, basically led by my ear and led by some parameters which can't be uh, messed with, which are the ranges of the instruments. A cello can only play so high and so low. So the, there were some rules, but aside from that, I don't adhere to any of the other rules. Things like for composers, you know, no parallel fifths or parallel fourths, and this must resolve this way. I just went by ear. What, what sounded right? Did I hear that, you know, did a, a counter melody pop up at any time? So that's how I arranged it. Then, the first time it was performed was, gosh, maybe five years ago now, um, at the Alexander Bar on Strand Street, and the string quartet, it was very difficult to book a string quartet because many of the players that I would have chosen to play with who were my peers played in the Cape Philharmonic Orchestra. And so their evenings were not free to perform this, you know, new suite of music. They were off at, at the Artscape playing symphonies and concerti and the rest. But I managed to gather a group of 
musicians, mostly UCT students, although I was not a UCT student at the time. I was teaching at UCT, but they were happy to play, and in some ways that was a workshop because certain they would make certain comments on, oh, well, this is not so nice to play, and I'd think, okay, well, could that be changed? Um, but it was also a workshop to see how long the piece was, the running length of it, how it flowed. And I think small changes were made after that. And then at a certain point, I'm not very dictatorial, and I'm not a string player. So whenever I have string players playing this, I assume that they know far better than I do and that they will make smart musical decisions when it comes to phrasing or bowing. And I'm very happy for them to make those decisions and have that sense of input. Um, so the changes after that very initial performance have probably been minuscule. And then there are now two extra, two new songs that have been added. And there are two new interludes that will be added once I finish writing them. So those are additions rather than amendments. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't an infor- it wasn't a workshopping process that you might have with say a play or a, yeah. something like that. So that was the the advent of the music. But mm. what about the word the vocals, which is really where you come in? I mean, we have Ingrid's poems. How how did that how did that materialize? Well, I mean, how did you integrate them? Yeah. So basically the the, the setup of this suite is that I was never going to sing in Afrikaans. I studied Afrikaans at school, but I'm not Twe It's just not authentic. And I'm most comfortable singing in English, and I think I can do the best job communicating a story and lyrics that are in English because that's my first language. But it was very important to me that we still retained and incorporated the Afrikaans poems because Ingrid was Afrikaans and that's the language she wrote them in. And in fact, this project has changed the way that I appreciate and hear Afrikaans. And I think a lot of people, whether they are from South Africa or abroad, often say, oh, Afrikaans, it's very guttural and it's not as beautiful as French or Portuguese or anything. And I probably used to agree and say, yeah, yeah, sure. But in fact, hearing different actresses read these poems in Afrikaans has changed the way that I hear them, and I've learned to appreciate the delicacy that does exist in the Afrikaans language. So what happens is that the poem is read in Afrikaans, and then that segues into a song where that same poem is sung by me, or it could be another singer, I would love that, down the line, in English. And that way, it's also, I hope, accessible to many audiences because you don't have to be fluent in Afrikaans to appreciate the words because they're going to come at you in English. It's almost, I guess, like sub or surtitles, but after the fact. And uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but... I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a singer and I love words, and part of what I love about being a vocalist is that you are dealing with lyrics yeah. as opposed to instrumentalists who don't have that um, facet to dig into. And I, and I write a lot of my own songs, and so I spend a lot of time sort of 
shuffling words about. So I really do appreciate the lyrics of other people when they're as beautifully written as Ingrid's are and when the translations are as beautiful and fine as Andrea and Einke's are. So it's, it's, I suppose, a little bit selfish that I was like, well, if the songs are in English, then I can sing them. But I would, I would love for other singers to sing them and I would love for somebody who's a proper composer to do a piano reduction of the score so that these could be performed by, you know, a classical singer, almost like an art song, classical singer accompanied by piano. That would be wonderful. So its journey is not over yet. It may be jolly nearly complete, but it feels like it's got a long way to go. And just going back to what you were saying about the Afrikaans being a guttural mm. language and, and not sounding a romantic and soft and lyrical like the, uh, like the other one, or like French perhaps, bring on Anki Kroch. I mean, yes. Anki Kroch's <laughs> delivery of poetry is, oh. is something quite different. And whether or not it happens, this was this piece was going to be part of a trilogy in fact it's called a trilogy of works by South African women composers that was maybe is still going to happen in Amsterdam 2022 um, and it's a string quartet biennale I think yeah. whether or not that happens who knows but the point is that Anki Kroch herself is actually going to be speaking just explain how that came to be I'll try and be succinct, famous last words. But this, we performed the suite at various venues in Cape Town. We did it first at Alexander Bar, and then we got the chance to perform it at the Frantic Literary Festival, which was wonderful. And then we performed it at the Norval Foundation, which was tremendous because the space, I can't remember which artist was exhibiting, but and it was sold out. And it, it really is testament to the popularity of Ingrid's work and the fact that South African audiences are really interested in hearing a new take on a figure that is so loved within the artistic and literary community and world. So it was really great and I thought well actually because it's Afrikaans and English this could be well received by people who live in Belgium or the Netherlands as well. I also think, and I stand by this, it could be well received by people who live in England or Ireland or, I mean, anywhere else, actually, um, especially if there is an expatriate community. Um, but beyond that, the universality of Ingrid's personal story and also her poetry means that it's for every person, every man, every woman. So I started cold contacting, emailing. I did a lot of research and uh, emailed agents, bookers, anyone that I knew in the Netherlands and Belgium with a pitch email and a link to a demo of the suite, which we'd recorded in South Africa here. And I got no responses. I got thank you, but no thank you responses. And... Then I got a response from a woman in Belgium who said... Uh, she was a booking agent, and she said, well, I'm, I'm not taking on any other artists, but you should really send this to Yasmin Hilberdink, who is the artistic director for the String Quartet Biennale in Amsterdam, because if she was interested in this, that would be the ideal platform. It's a week-long festival with the most phenomenal string quartets from around the world... And it would just be the place where you would want to perform this. 
So I emailed Yasmin, and at the time, she was about to start the latest edition of the festival. It was the 20... No, it was the 2018. And she said, won't you please just email me in a year's time when I've come out of planning this edition? And so I did. I emailed her a year or so later, and I said, please let me know if you'd like to discuss this. I'd be interested in ascertaining whether or not you're interested. And basically, a long story short, although this is already a long story, she was interested, and she paired me with a Dutch string quartet who coincidentally had already heard the suite through another contact, because I threw everything at the wall, Nancy. I, I had this, this outlook. I'm a nobody, and I just think, well, I have nothing to lose. And if you throw enough stuff at a hard surface, something will stick. And... She said, oh, actually, this quartet, Matungi, who are renowned in the Netherlands for performing classical and crossover music. So they've toured with Laurie Liebman, who wrote Killing Me Softly, and they'll play, uh, they'll play commercial music, they'll play classical music. They're amazing. They do everything. And she said, oh, they actually knew you when I mentioned you, and they're happy to play it. And so she paired me with this quartet, and great. So that we were now on the festival with the suite. We had to work together to fill out the rest of the program. And at some point, Yasmin and I had a lot of back and forth about who would do the readings, because they don't have budget to fly someone over from South Africa. And also, it may not be necessary. There are South African actresses and poets in the Netherlands and Germany and much closer and I said, well, I really want it to be an actress because prior to this, the two people who'd done the Afrikaans readings in South Africa were actresses, Jenna Dunster and Alicia McCormick, both wonderful, both very different, and it was a great experience. And I worried that a poet would be shy and would be too literal in, I'm doing a reading and I'm reading it, and there may not be enough expression and a sense of drama. And Yasmin said, no, I really like the idea of it being a poet because that feels a lot more authentic to me. I said, well, if you can suggest one. And someone came up. And then I got an email from Yasmin saying, Nikki, I contacted a man called Jan. His last name escapes me. He runs Poetry International, which is a poetry festival that takes place in Rotterdam. She contacted him looking for a poet who might be comfortable delivering poetry in Afrikaans. And Jan, who has hosted Anki Kroch on his festival in many over many years, said to Yasmin, well, why don't you just ask Anki? And Yasmin said, what? I didn't know that I could. And Jan said, oh, but she comes to our festival regularly. I'll email her. And so he emailed Anki, and Anki said, I'm potentially interested, and I happen to be coming to South Africa uh, from Canada, which is where I live. And I met with Anki for a coffee and spoke to her about it. She had a reservation, which was that she was concerned that because Ingrid was young, Ingrid was in her 30s when she died and was even younger when she wrote a lot of this poetry, that the person who was doing the Afrikaans readings should be a younger person. And I said to Anki, but this isn't supposed to be literal. The person doing the readings is not supposed to be playing or portraying Ingrid. That's not the, the point. We all know Ingrid wrote these poems. We know about the aspects of her life through her poetry. There's enough there. I have no desire for the voice to be, you know, Ingrid. I think that would be a bit spooky. And Anki said, oh, okay, well, then that's fine, that's fine. And she said, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to do it. So that is how Anki came to be involved. Yeah. Surreal. Uh, uh, su surreal, but perfect. 
But it feels like um, the universe conspired yeah. to make it happen because there could simply not be a better voice. Yeah, to, absolutely. To be doing and, I, and also, Nancy, I can't wait to hear her read them because I've now heard two actresses, very different, younger peers of mine, read it. And I just think, oh, how exciting. I can't wait to hear what facets of the language and of Ingrid's work she brings to life through her delivery. Well, in, in my humble experience, she breathes life into mm. the words that she, both her own words that she writes, but other people's words. So it's going to be wonderful. I say it's going to be wonderful. We still don't know at this stage whether or not that festival, that Biennale, is going to happen. Yeah. Were it to happen, and, you know, inshallah, but fingers crossed, mm. it was going to be part of this trilogy with yourself and two other women composers who are Amy Crankshaw, I think it is. Yes. Amy Crankshaw and Prio Ivy Prio Rainia. Yes. The, the late Ivy yes. Prio Rainia. And they're both so, so wonderful that three South African women composers, of whom I'm sure maybe there are not all that many, or maybe they are, but maybe they're just a little unsung. Can you tell me a little bit about Ivy and Amy? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's wonderful. I think there are so many wonderful South African composers, both men and women and non-binary. But I do feel that if we want to try and rebalance some of the scales in the arts and certainly in music. I'm very aware of it in jazz, where it's very much a man's club. Uh, the classical world is not so different. Uh, I feel like you need to just pick a cause and try and make good of that and by doing so, just chip away at your bit. Otherwise, it's overwhelming. And I did have somebody recently say, you know, well, but they're all, they're all white South African composers. And I said... Yes, they are, but they're also women, and women are a minority as much as non-white people are a minority, and were I to try and tackle all the minorities, I would probably just sit at home paralyzed. And so I, and I'm very proud of the fact that it is three female South African composers, or fe there three female composers, because it's a, a challenge the world over. And... Priol Rainier is no longer with us. She was born in 1903. She's from Natal originally and spent much of her life in England. She was 17. She had lessons in violin at the South African College of Music, but as a child, not as a university student, then moved to England and went to the Royal Academy of Music, where she both learnt and later on was a lecturer in composition. And her work, I don't know how well-known she is in South Africa, given that she spent so much of her life in England and Europe. But in England, she is quite well-known and quite well-regarded. Her music is very challenging. It's, I find it very challenging. There's not a lot of it that I enjoy in a relaxed way. Um, but she has written for String Quartet, and she has a String Quartet work from 1939 that is quite well-known everywhere. It's been performed in Europe, in the UK, in the US, and it's a wonderful work. But in filling out the rest of this program, and I did this by and large with Carsten, uh, who is the viola player for this Dutch string quartet, Matangi, he said to me, well, why don't we try and fill out the program with works by other South African composers? And then we said, well, if they could be women, that would be even more of a sort of coup. And thematically, it would be very strong. Because Ingrid was a woman, I am a woman, and Anki is a woman. So 
he's, we did some research, we did some Googling, and it transpired that there was another work Priol had written... Well, do you want me to just talk about her biographically? Do you want to save this? Yeah, a biographical. Anyways, okay. So, so, so that, so that is Priol, really, and she, she lived in the UK, and she, I think she died. I want to say in France, although I do stand corrected. But so she's, she's known, but not well known. And in terms of South African female composers, there, there are other female composers whose name will pop up, you know, way above hers on any list. And then Amy, Amy is slightly younger than me. She studied at the University of Cape Town at the South African College of Music and then moved to England to do postgraduate studies. So it's funny because there is also this now English thread running through things. I was born in England but grew up in South Africa. Priol was born in South Africa but moved to England. And Amy similarly grew up in South Africa, studied in South Africa, and then moved to England as well. So... I don't know if that's a, just an extra thread, but we'll take it. And Amy's a wonderful composer. I've heard her works performed in Cape Town and was aware of the amazing work she was doing in England. She's now at the Guildhall School of Music doing postgraduate studies. She's um, composed operas, classical piano works that have been performed by French pianists and she's a really interesting composer and she's a new composer and I reached out to a couple of female composers different races and you know I was really wanted to be inclusive to give them the chance and younger than me because I'm aware that this is such a valuable platform and opportunity and I said if you want to submit something please do and this is the deadline and only two people, Amy and one other, who was wonderful, submitted, and then the quartet and Yasmin listened to the demos and, and chose Amy's piece, which is wonderfully South African. And I'm really thrilled. The only parameters were really telling her what my piece was about and then having her decide if she wanted to use that as a matching theme or if she wanted to go somewhere totally different. And I'm really thrilled that she said, no, actually, I want there to be a strong South African thread. So the piece that she's written specifically for this Biennale, and it will get its world premiere, is called Chochas of the Eastern Cape. She's from the Eastern Cape. And it's three movements, and I think they are Shongalolo, Praying Mantis, and Cicada. And it's just... Uh, just even describing the title and the movements, it's, it's just fabulous. One can just hear it. Yeah, exactly. And it's humorous and it's contemporary and it just, yeah, she's brilliant. It would be an absolute heartbreak if this doesn't happen, but one has to sort of just bite the bullet because things are not happening all over the world, especially in the arts, because yeah. it's such a... It's so vital that the arts are seen live, but it, it just isn't happening for all the obvious reasons. So her, nobody absolutely knows. Yeah. I'm feeling that what we need is a little bit of music in here, but be before we... I'm going to have a little... I'm going to have a little listen and see what we can find. But I think... What would be really nice to know would be is if you could say, well, actually, you can listen to it. You can listen to Escape the Ingrid Younger Suite by going to XYZ. Is it recorded anyway? Can one hear it? I would love to be able to say that, Nancy, but people can't listen to it because we recorded it shortly before I moved to Canada. And I had intended for that recording to be a recording that would be released and made available to the public. But I had some reservations about it and felt that actually what would be better would be to use that recording as a demo in pitching the material to other 
performance entities, whether abroad or whether in South Africa, and I still do, and in fact, in contacting you, I said you can hear it here. There, I think there is one video, there's a little trailer that I cut together, you can hear some of the music, that, that's public, that's on YouTube, and there's one song, which is a trio song from the suite, where I made a video for that, which takes this recording session that we did in Cape Town, but also our final performance at the Norval Foundation. That's available to the public, and it will stay up because I feel very fond fondly towards it. But the recording itself will only be released when and if it's recorded in a way that I feel serves the music the best, and I'm happy with the the setup and the context and the players and the simpatico and all of that. So that would be something that, you know, I would hope to do down the line, for sure. Well, a lot of things are going to happen down mm-hmm. the line, and I think what we're going to do is we're going to see if we can find some of that music, and we will clip it in at the end. So in the meantime, Nikki, if anybody wants to know a little bit more about you, because there's, there's a great deal to say, you also have a jazz podcast, so there's a lot going on in your portfolio, it's www.nikkishrera.com, yes. is that right? And just spell Nikki Schreira for us. Oh my gosh. So it's N-I-C-K-Y-S-C-H-R-I-R-E. Nikki, it's been an absolute joy and looking forward to hearing a little piece of the music and my fingers, every digit I have is crossed that it happens in Amsterdam. It's the uh, 2022 String Quartet Biennale supposed to be happening in Amsterdam. Watch this space, listen out. If it doesn't, it will happen another day. Nikki Schurer, thank you so much. Thank you, Nancy, for having me and I hope we'll get to perform it in South Africa because wouldn't that really be the most fitting, you know, context for it? First prize. First prize. Thank you. (laughs) 